Season 4, Episode 2, March the 2nd, 2022. Hi, I'm Lewis Lampley. Welcome to this edition of Journey of Discovery. In this episode, I will unpack the topic, Believers are Sealed with the Promised Holy Spirit, Part 2. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, we read, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. The passage for our episode today contains these assuring words. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the glory of God. In other words, God's own spirit comes to indwell every newly born believer and secures and preserves his eternal salvation. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The sealing of which Paul speaks refers to an official mark of identification placed on a letter, contract, or other document. That document was thereby officially under the authority of the person whose stamp was on the seal. The believer's eternal security is so important that Paul said in Ephesians 4.30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. There are at least four significant facts conveyed in the word or by the word seal. First, the security guarantees For example, Daniel chapter 6, verse 17 says, And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. And in Matthew chapter 27, regarding the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The writer says, the next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered together before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a God of soldiers. 
go. Make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Second, the seal signifies authenticity. And Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Do you not govern Israel? Arise, eat bread, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. And she sent the letters to the elders and to the leaders who lived with Naboth in his city. And she wrote in the letter, proclaim a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people. Jezebel forged Ahab's name and sealed the letters with his seal. And so the seal made the letter seem authentic. Third, the seal denotes ownership. Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 10 says, I signed the deed, sealed it, and got witnesses and weighed the money on the scales. Fourth, the seal carries authority. But you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king and seal it for an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. And so the three Old Testament and the New Testament passages refer to earthly seals, but the Holy Spirit given by God as a pledge to the believer's future inheritance. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, says Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So, Paul strongly admonishes the Ephesians and us do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Now this should remind us of the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person and can be grieved. The Greek word translated grieved means Sorrow means to cause sorrow, means to grieve. And so the present imperative with the negative do not is used to forbid the continual and habitual action. The Holy Spirit who makes or enables men to attest to the truth is put to shame when the saints lie to one another and utter foul talk. Here is a context to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let nothing or let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for the building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear.
do not, here it is, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here's the question. Will you adore and worship God the Spirit today? Don't ever forget this fact. Keep this in the uppermost of your mind. Every believer, every believer possesses the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit from the moment of salvation. You never have to beg for the Holy Spirit. You never have to fast because when you were born again, he took up his abode in your life. And he's there. And we're to make sure we don't grieve him. So Holy Spirit, truth divine, go within this heart of mine. Kindle every high desire. Perisseth in thy pure fire. Holy Spirit, peace divine. Steal this restless heart of mine. Speak to calm this tossed in sea. Stay in thy tranquility. Well, here's a praise response. Psalm 105, verse 3 says, Glory in his name, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who rejoice, who seek the Lord, or who seek Yahweh. So, Ben believers, we can sing this song or pray this prayer. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Well, that's it for now. I'm wishing for you an amazing day. So cheer up and be glad in it. Good day.